I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show for those interested in the big and small moments of history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're looking at the story behind the invention of air conditioning, an economy-shaping invention that, surprisingly, wasn't designed with human comfort in mind. The day was July 17, 1902. Mechanical engineer Willis Carrier completed his design for what would become the first modern air conditioner. His invention improved the health and comfort of countless people, boosted global productivity, and fueled the growth of countless industries that still power our economy today. Finding a way to cool down in hot weather has been on humanity's mind for a long time now. One of the earliest solutions came from the ancient Roman emperor Elagabalus, who sent 1,000 slaves into the mountains to collect vast amounts of snow each year, which he then had them pile up in his gardens. That way, when the wind kicked up, the cooler air would blow inside his palace. That approach clearly wouldn't have worked on a wide scale, but the core concept was revived in the 19th century, minus the slavery, by a Boston entrepreneur named Frederick Tudor. In winter, Tudor would harvest blocks of ice from frozen New England lakes. Then, he would pack the blocks in sawdust, a natural form of insulation, and ship them to warmer regions in the summer. The practice grew so popular that when New England had a mild winter one year, there was widespread panic over a potential ice famine that following summer. Blowing air over blocks of ice and other cold materials became the go-to method for cooling a room in hot weather. 
But just like with the Emperor's Snow Mountain back in Rome, the method required a lot of work and a lot of ice, which made it expensive and impractical. Air conditioning as we know it today got its start in 1902, following the all-important advent of electricity. The first working model was the invention of Willis Haviland Carrier, a young engineer at the Buffalo Forge Heating Company in upstate New York. The Sackett-Willems Printing Plant in Brooklyn had tasked Buffalo Forge with creating a system to help control the climate inside its factory. The comfort of the workers was incidental. The real goal was to control the temperature and humidity inside the printing plant so that the paper wouldn't wrinkle and the different colored inks wouldn't run together during printing. Buffalo Forge put Carrier in charge of the project, and inspiration soon struck him one foggy day in 1902. While waiting for a train, he realized that dry air passing through water created the fog all around him. And if he could invent a machine that did something similar, he could effectively manufacture air with any level of moisture he wanted. He got to work on the design right away, and on July 17, 1902, he completed the schematic drawings for his invention to control humidity. The system carrier devised worked on the same principles that air conditioning does today. Air was forced through the filter of a compressor and then pumped over coils chilled by coolant. The resulting cold air was then blown out into the room using a fan. Carrier eventually switched from a piston-driven compressor to a centrifugal chiller, which made it possible to cool much larger spaces. Carrier's system was installed in the Sackett-Willems printing plant in 1903. It kept the plant's interior at a constant and comfortable humidity of 55%, a feat that would have required 108,000 pounds of ice every day to replicate. Carrier's original model worked wonders for his client, but it was still many years before air conditioning made its way from printing plants to family homes. The early machines were simply too big. With that limitation in mind, Carrier and Buffalo Forge initially focused on other industrial clients who had been plagued by humidity, such as flour mills and the Gillette Corporation. Turns out moisture from humidity was just as bad for flour and razor blades as it was for paper. Still, Carrier knew his invention had wider applications than just quality control. So four years later, in 1906, he started looking at ways to add air conditioning to retail buildings and other public spaces, not as a form of asset protection, but as a comfort feature. He knew government buildings and offices would be slower to adopt such a new technology. So instead, Carrier made the wise decision to target playhouses and movie theaters. Those kinds of venues normally shut down during the summer months, as packing people into a crowded room with no windows was not a great recipe for summer fun. Until Carrier came along, the best option for cooling a theater was to order lots of ice from Frederick Tudor's New England ice racket. Some theaters used large fans to blow air over the ice and help cool the audience. The downside was that pollution was on the rise in New England's lakes, so the damp air from all that melting ice sometimes made the entire theater smell like rotten eggs. Carrier's new device, which he cheerfully dubbed the Weather Maker, was an obvious upgrade, and plenty of other businesses quickly took notice of that. By 1915,
Carrier was running his own company, which supplied his patented cooling systems to theaters, hotels, department stores, and eventually to private homes. Some of Carrier's early high-profile customers were the U.S. Congress, the White House, and Madison Square Garden in New York City. Many people's first exposure to air conditioning came in the 1920s, when movie theaters started popping up all over the country. The cool comfort they offered was advertised front and center on their marquees, almost as big a draw as the movies themselves. The popularity of going to the movies as a way to beat the heat eventually gave rise to the summer blockbuster trend, the most lucrative time of the year for the movie industry. We don't generally think of air conditioning as a catalyst for economic upheaval, but in the first half of the 20th century, that's exactly what it was. Air conditioning increased the productivity of just about every industry there is, simply by making people's workplaces more comfortable. It also allowed for the creation of taller, larger structures, such as skyscrapers and shopping malls, buildings which would have been unbearably hot and stuffy if not for air conditioning. All these years later, air conditioning remains good for business. Shopping malls and movie theaters may not be the big draws they once were, but consider online shopping. All the goods we buy online come from warehouses, which would be just as unbearably hot as skyscrapers or malls without massive air conditioners to keep them cool for both the workers and the merchandise. And of course, computers stop working altogether if they get too hot or humid. So without air conditioning, we wouldn't be able to maintain the vast server farms that make online shopping and the internet itself possible. When home model AC units started being produced en masse in the post-war 1950s, they forever changed how and where we live. We already talked about movies, but think about television. Would the medium have ever become such a popular pastime if we weren't able to watch it in our pleasantly chilled living rooms? The growth of Sunbelt cities was also a direct result of the invention of air conditioning, as it finally made the region's stifling hot weather seem manageable. In fact, the states that lie within the Sunbelt, that's Georgia, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, and Southern California, all experienced above-average population booms during the second half of the 20th century, the same period when air conditioning became a common fixture in people's homes and offices. It was a pretty big boom, too, as between 1950 and the year 2000, the Sunbelt's share of the national population shot up from 28% to 40%. Willis Haviland Carrier died at the start of that boom in 1950, but thanks to his invention, the world he left behind was a much cooler place to live. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully... You now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can send your feedback directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays and Ben Hackett for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip-hop beats, and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.